This is KCBX Public Radio. You're listening to Issues and Ideas. This is Peace, Love, and Pets. I'm Robin with Woods Humane Society. My guest today is Shannon McCowitt and Tony Huffaker with Hospice of San Luis Obispo. Shannon is the Executive Director for Hospice Slow County. She joined the agency six years ago as the Director of Volunteer Services and was named Executive Director in July of 2020. She has both keen leadership skills and firsthand knowledge of this organization, accompanied by a broad understanding of the community and its resources. She has long been a strong advocate for the community services supporting both the emotional and physical care of individuals and their family units. And Tony Huffaker has been the counseling director for Hospice Slow County since 2010. He has over 30 years of professional experience in the counseling field and has training in working with prolonged grief through the Center for Prolonged Grief based at Columbia University. Tony frequently speaks to the public on subjects related to grief and loss. Welcome to Peace, Love, and Pets, you guys. Thank you. you. I'm happy to have you here, and we've worked together in the community for many years, and I think some listeners may be interested to hear how we work together and how we service similar uh, needs in the community and how we serve different needs in the community. So I am going to ask you, Shannon, to start by just giving our listeners an overview of what you do at Slow Hospice and some of the programs and services and how you can support the community. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, So Hospice Slow County, we are a non-medical volunteer hospice and community grief center. We believe that the end of life deserves as much respect as the beginning, and we support all San Luis Obispo County residents who are grieving a death or coping with a life-limiting illness or facing the end of life. We are one of four hospices in San Luis Obispo County, but we are the only non-medical hospice. In fact, we are one of only 17 non-medical hospices left in the country. And so San Luis Obispo County, in my humble opinion, is incredibly lucky to have such amazing support between ourselves and the medical hospices available in our community. And so Hospice Slow County supports the community in working with those near the end of life and the people who love them by providing in-home support, caregiver respite, grief counseling, support groups, community grief response, and education. All of our services are provided at no charge, and we do not bill insurance. So we depend 100% on community donations, fundraising, grants, bequests, planned gifts, and of course, the time and talent of our amazing volunteers who provide the support to our clients and the community. Wow. Well, that's a lot. Thank you so much for sharing and and kind of lining some of those programs out. I do think people have misconceptions and maybe call the wrong places and don't take advantage of, of some of the services that you offer. And I think why you're here today on Peace, Love and Pets is exactly why I asked you to be on, because I don't think a lot of people know that you have an amazing program that I got to be a part of several years back. It's called the Your Pet Peace of Mind program. And I really wanted our listeners to be able to hear more about the program. And of course, maybe they need some of those services and they can receive some benefits from that but I think there would be a lot of listeners that can help you as volunteers or fosters or supporters Um, so please please tell our listeners on Peace Love and Pets about that program. Absolutely so Pet Peace of Mind is actually uh, 
a national, international program that was developed specifically for hospices. And the idea is that um, we train volunteers to go into homes and help support the animals so the animals can stay with their owners, their humans, through their owner's end of life. And so a lot of times, I'm going to use dogs as an example, um, as the owners and their caregivers are um, really becoming more and more unable to um, take care of the animals, get them out for walks, get them to the vet appointments, get them to the groomers. Um, the volunteers come in and can help with that, can get those dogs taken for walks, transport them to the vets, transport them to the groomers, and really um, provide that extra additional love and support um, and care for those animals so the animals can stay in the homes. Because as we all know, and as we all understand, the pets are members of that family. And they are a huge support and a, you know, a huge piece of that unconditional love. Um, and it's so important to keep that family unit together, especially through the end of life, um, not just for the human, but also for the animal. And so that's where we come in. Um, and then for those owners who do not have a plan for the animal when they're gone, we work with them to develop a plan and to really get to know their animal and get to know the owner's wishes and beliefs for the animal about where they would want their animal to go. Mm -hmm. And we work with them to develop a plan. And then upon their death, Hospice Low County takes ownership of the animal. We foster and rehome it. Now, we cannot do that for all animals in the community at large. We do that specifically for our clients who we've built a relationship with and we've developed a plan of care for their animal. Um, so it's a really beautiful, and that's where that pet peace of mind concept comes in because we do not want families to um, have to um, remove the animal from the home too soon or what a lot of people have done in the past is actually put their animals down mm -hmm. too soon yeah. because they just can no longer care for them or don't know what to do or have nowhere for that animal to mm -hmm. go and so we that's where we can really step in and help provide that care keep them together and then really provide that peace of mind that that animal will be cared for beyond Wow, what a great program and what a great service. And I see a different side of that where unfortunately we do see so many animals end up at county shelters, at woods, because they have not made any plans. They have maybe either been in denial or it just wasn't something that family was comfortable bringing up. Uh, sometimes it can be uncomfortable conversations or um, as you said, they those pets are definitely part of the family and it is so important for people to have those conversations and I just love that you guys offer that because as much as I love woods and if you were a homeless animal you would want to end up at woods if you had to go to a shelter it is nothing like the home environment it is nothing like the life that they have known sometimes these cats or dogs could be eight nine ten twelve years old and they've only been with one owner and in the matter 
matter of hours, they've lost their person, their home, their schedule, every scent they know, every walk they've ever taken, and they're at a loud, busy, stressful shelter. And when we get transports from other shelters, my heart is celebrating for those animals. They're the lucky ones that got to end up at a place like Woods. But when it's an owner surrender or a family member has had to bring a cat or dog in because a, a family member is going into a care facility or has passed away suddenly, um, it is quite heartbreaking to see it's a different demeanor. I can tell you almost walking through the kennels, I can tell you which ones came from another shelter, which ones came from a traumatic situation like being kind of ripped apart from their family. And they just have a harder time transitioning. And gosh, those are the times that I wish we could talk to those pets and I could explain to them, this is just temporary. We're going to take good care of you. You're going to be okay. We're going to find you another home, but you just can't talk to them. And so they're so confused and they're just so heartbroken. And I think just like people can be heartbroken in those situations, these sweet companion animals really truly are heartbroken as well. So I have to say those owner surrenders and those pets that have lost their their person due to death or illness are truly some of the hardest ones for us to see. And I'm glad that they find a place like Woods and they can get rehomed fairly quickly. But even a few days at a shelter can be pretty traumatic for an animal. So I am a big fan of this program. And I am so thankful that you offer it. And I hope some people listening will maybe take advantage of that. But more importantly, I really hope you get some new volunteers, some new supporters, and hopefully some new fosters, some new dog walkers. Um, can you go a little bit more into detail on if someone is interested in becoming a volunteer specifically for the Pet Peace of Mind program? Absolutely. So you can um, visit our website hospicesl.org and go to the volunteer tab and you can fill out uh, forms expressing interest and then we will email you information. You can call our number at 805-544-2266 and ask to speak to our volunteer manager and express interest. We will be offering a pet peace of mind volunteer training in the new year. I do not have specific dates at this moment, but if you contact us and give us your information, we will um, put you on the list to be notified as soon as we have those dates available. And what kind of commitment is it time-wise? I'm sure it does depend on the pet or the person or current needs. I know you can't always plan those things, but I think sometimes people think they don't have enough time. But I believe it's been several years since I did it, but it could be as simple as coming in for an hour and walking the dog, giving it some food or treats, and like you said, maybe taking it to an appointment. Um, what kind of time commitment do you usually look for Pet Peace of Mind volunteers? And is it mostly cats and dogs that you're helping? It is mostly cats and dogs. I mean, we've had some other animals and it all depends on, you know, volunteer availability and what the volunteers um, kind of background and skill set and what their interest is. Um, we have supported horses in the past, but only with people who really had experience working with horses. Um, um, so we really work hard, especially in Pet Peace of Mind, to match a volunteer with a, a client who is really close in proximity to where they live. Because with an animal, we're wanting and hoping that they will um, 
stop by more often. Mm. So the visits are not as long as, mm. say, working, supporting with uh, a human client, um, but maybe, you know, popping in more often throughout the week, like maybe a few times a week going and taking them for a walk or, you know, and then every once in a while there's a transport to a veterinarian appointment or a grooming appointment. Um, so, again, we're very flexible and um, we work really hard to match our volunteers with um, client opportunities that really fit with their um, availability and what they're looking for. Um, typically, the the max any of our volunteers, regardless of what they're doing, is a max of four hours a week okay. for for boundaries and self care. Yeah. Um, but um, with animals, it's you know it's yeah. a little bit more flexible and depending on what kind of animal and what that animal's needs are. Um, and it can flex from week to week again, depending on if there is a, an appointment or things like that. Okay. And then what about fostering? Do you, uh, do you also have some volunteers that I'm assuming if somebody yes. goes into like hospital or something comes up where they, they have a relationship with, maybe with the pets already, are you looking for people who can foster owned pets? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so we, if you're interested in fostering uh, an animal, and again, typically that is a dog or a cat, um, you can contact us. We have a, an application form. Um, and then we just, we keep a, a list of fosters. And then if a, an animal um, is needing uh, some temporary foster, whether it's going to be a couple days or a couple weeks, um, we'll reach out to the foster list and, and give you as much information as we have and see if you are available. Um, and, you know, if you're willing to take an animal for a couple days or a couple weeks it just yeah it depends That's and if awesome. yeah and if you're open you're open and if you're not you're not and i will say we do a lot of fostering we have a lot of volunteers at woods volunteering and fostering for a shelter is not everybody's cup of tea it is a crazy environment it is stressful it is emotional i cry every day at woods pretty much like it's just it can be taxing and it's not for everybody physically there's a lot of larger dogs sometimes and some of our volunteers are wanting those sweet little lap dogs and those come and go so quickly at woods so it's sometimes it's the big rowdier dogs that need more volunteer work or whatever the foster commitment is so this is a whole nother opportunity if you are a animal lover out there and wanting to do good and give back, but maybe volunteering at a shelter is just not your cup of tea. This is such a great opportunity because with shelter animals, you don't always know their background. You don't know their personality. Are they going to be jumping? Are they like going to like men? Are they going to like kids? But when you're helping a loved pet and you have some information from the owner or the family, you know their personality, you know their likes, their dislikes. I feel like that's a very easy way to step into possibly fostering um, and supporting people and pets in the community, which I am all about. So what a great program. I just cannot thank you enough for offering it. And I do hope you continue to build that program and help more people and pets. I wanted to just remind you, if you are just joining us, this is KCBX Public Radio. You are listening to Issues and Ideas. I'm Robin from Woods Humane Society. And my guests today are Shannon and Tony from Hospice of slow and tony is here to give us your expertise you have given your life to grief and supporting people with loss and counseling i would really this is a, a subject that i am passionate about when it comes to pet loss and aging pets and i know that 
you either hear from people, oh, it's just a cat or dog, you know, move on, Mm -hmm. or you hear they are, it's like the worst loss that I have gone through is losing my cat or dog that I have had for 15 years. So you hear everything in between. Of course, you're focused a lot on people and grief and Mm -hmm. families, but pets are a big part of those families and especially in this community. So I would love for you to share your insights and any, anything that you can share with our listeners on how to kind of get through. Maybe if your pet is aging, you think it's coming to that time if you've lost a pet recently. And I think it's important for people to know if you have a friend or family or neighbor or church friend that has lost a pet, what is the right way to support them through that? Sure, sure. Before I get started, let me just say, um, wonderful organization, Woods. Uh, We adopted a dog from Woods um, years ago with my daughter when she was in school. Tremendous experience. He was a little difficult to manage at first, Woods was tremendously supportive. We called back and said, oh, what do we do? Great, great input. You know, was able to make that relationship work. He was with us for many, many years Aww. before we ultimately had to euthanize him. Yeah. So just want to well, word out you. about I, Woods. I love to hear those stories. And I feel like everybody has their Woods story out there. So I love to hear them. Sure. And I, it, it is what makes Woods special is we are there for them after adoption. We, you know... We don't know much about these animals sometimes, and we'll help you through it. We want to set you and the animals up for success. Yeah. So I'm glad that that worked well, out for well, you, yeah. and you guys, you you didn't give up on them. Oh, he was, <laughs> he was a great old boy. Um, going into what you're saying, Robin, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we have to think about, just what you're saying with, with pets, is it's that idea that losing a pet is really a what we call a disenfranchised grief. And so it's the idea that there are certain types of grief that society as a large just says don't count. And so we don't honor it, we don't respect it, we don't validate it. Um, just generally, like say if somebody miscarries, that grief is often discounted. We can just have another kid. Mm. And you know, as you're saying with dogs, cats, pets, it's like, oh, well, it's only a dog, it's only a cat, that type of thing. So when we say what's the first thing that we can do for people uh, who've lost an animal, we can really acknowledge that everybody's loss is different. You know, uh, there's no... Um, uh, one person can lose can lose an animal and, and recover from that pretty quickly and be okay. Somebody else can lose an animal and be devastated. And so we really need to acknowledge, first of all, that how everybody reacts is different based on their life, their other loss experiences. Um, and the next thing we can do is really acknowledge the loss um, rather than disenfranchising a loss. I think the other thing is very difficult that you're saying. The one thing you get from people is it's only a dog. The other thing you get from people is, oh, well, let, let's get them another dog. Let's mm-hmm. get them another cat. As if they weren't individuals, and like that they're they're just, they're just you know they're they're units. You just okay, here's them, yeah, here's unit. One. Right, exactly. And so to really and for some people that's fine. And I'm sure you've had that experience too at Woods. Where for some people, that works great. But the idea being, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So let's respect and listen to what our friend, neighbor, uh, congregation member is saying, and support them in that rather than say, oh, well, this is what you should do. You right. should do this. We like to do that, don't we? Like, yeah. we oh, like People, people we like love to. to do that. You just need to get a hobby. You know, whatever, it, people do all sorts. Of, it's amazing. Um, as we say when we do groups at hospice, number four on the, list of, uh, on the list of the group guidelines, giving advice is not a function of the group, mm-hmm. but sharing experiences that have aided you may be helpful to others. So, yeah, if we can, first of all, listen to our friends and family, support them but not tell them, you know, what they need to do. Um, you know, I think the other thing uh, that we really need to acknowledge, um, there's a lot of research going on now 
in the brain and in neurology with grief. Uh, Mario Francis O'Connor has a book that's been out a year or two now, The Grieving Brain. Um, and one of the things she talks about is, you know, from the time of toddlerhood, we kind of map where people who are important to us are, mm-hmm. you know, mentally. It's sort of like, okay, where are they? And when someone dies, uh, you can't find – they're not here and they're not there. They're nowhere, and that's very difficult. And so, again, with an animal who you may be with, you know, especially if it's a companion animal, maybe it's someone who's a retiree and is home a great deal, you may be with that animal more than you are with other people mm-hmm. – that loss of that animal really has some neurological consequences for people. You know, your brain is really going, what is up with this? You know, how can we, how can we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think one of the other things that's really unique, and you were, I think, uh, uh, alluding to this a little bit, is that whole concept of um, so often with animals, just like with people now, it's so much more common that is they near the end of their life, uh, we euthanize them mm-hmm. rather like, just like in the old days, people died of a heart attack and fell over. And now we have CPR and we have ambulances mm-hmm. and we have these things. So people tend to live longer and we have to make decisions about what we want our end of life to look like. So often with animals, you know, we reach a point where they really have to be euthanized. And as hard as that is with people, and I've certainly had this experience with, with our dog, it's so much harder with an animal. You can't communicate with them. You can't say, hey, what do you think? How are you feeling about mm-hmm. this? You know, it's, it's your... Is it's, the right decision? What, what's is your, time? What's your yeah. quality of life? You know, mm-hmm. and so um, very, very hard for folks. I very rarely ever had anybody come to grief counseling anyway who says, oh, yeah, I felt this was exactly the right time. Mm-hmm. And people can really do it either way, too. We have people say, oh, I did that too early. Mm-hmm. But then we have people who say, oh, I held on too long. You know, I, I hear love, a I, lot of yeah. that, that, you know, they kept them longer for themselves mm-hmm. than they probably should have looking back. I think we probably all can understand that. And you're right. I so it's like, wish you could tell me. I wish you could just tell me if it's time. I wish you could just tell me if you want to still hang on. I hear like, oh, they still wag their tail. They must still be happy or, oh, they're still eating, you know. But, yeah, you, you do have to make that decision for them. And it's definitely not easy very difficult for people yeah. yeah and so that's some i think the really unique thing that we see with that is making that decision um you know again i think to support people and let them know hey it's it's uh counseling is a perfectly valid option for people who've lost an animal just like people who've lost a parent or lost a child it's perfectly legitimate you've got a loss we don't compare losses mm-hmm. you know we don't compare the loss of a child the loss of a parent loss of a pet we say everybody's had a loss everybody's welcome to come get counseling and that's certainly something you know that we offer at hospice slow for people. I think that's amazing. And I think it's something we don't talk about enough. And that's one of the reasons you were on my list to be a guest this year on Peace, Love and Pets. And I, especially in a community like this that has, I mean, almost every family has a pet or has had a pet in their family, in their life, in their routine. And I just don't think we talk about the end of life, aging pets, how to get through that decision-making part, and then after we have to say goodbye to our pet at Woods, I get probably five to 10 phone calls a day from people who have just lost a pet and are wondering if we can take their bed, their items, their medication, things like that. We have a whole community pet pantry that we share pet supplies and food every month with the community. And all of this is coming from people. Most of them have lost a cat or dog uh, recently. And Every day when I take those calls, it's a little bit of a wake-up call to me that every day somebody is saying goodbye to a loved family member and 
doesn't really have support or navigate. You know, a lot of times I hear like, yeah, nobody understands my pain. Nobody, nobody's understanding why I'm still crying over my cat, you know, that I put down a couple months ago. And, and, and you're right. I wanted to mention at being at Woods for almost 10 years, I have heard everything from adopters. Sometimes they come in the day they euthanize an animal. They just said, I cannot go home to an empty house. I cannot do it. And sometimes I hear people say, it's been five years since I've had a dog. I, I And I'm just like, I just feel ready now. And we hear everything in between and everything is okay. It's their choice. You know, it, you don't have to replace the pet immediately. And sometimes it takes a really long time until you're ready to open up your heart. Sometimes people get a little heartbroken where they say, I'm never adopting again. I'm never going to own a cat or dog again. But gosh, we are missing out on that unconditional love. And sometimes it's like, we'll never be able to replace that special dog. Let's say buddy. You know, I'll never get another buddy. And you won't. Which is, I say, right? is exactly right. You won't get another buddy, but, but you have get, another relationship. Yeah. yeah. And as we do encourage people just to be sure. And again, would you probably do this too, mm-hmm. that you're not looking to replace mm-hmm. the animal that you've lost. Yeah. When you, you know, There's no harm in, in getting another animal right away as long as you're clear, I think, that this is not a replacement for yeah. your last person. Your and last sometimes animal. I feel that um, I have a pretty tender heart here and sometimes I, I have a dog currently right now that I consider my soul dog, my spirit animal, a connection with this animal that I have never had with any other pet in my life. I do know I will crumble. I will be in a really, really sad place when I have to say goodbye to my sweet Dexter as he's an old guy now. And there's a part of me that's like, that's it. I'm not going to open myself up to that again. But then I think because I fall in love at Woods every day and I, I see these sweet souls and different personalities and just a connection. You just you just get a connection sometimes. And it's not going to look the same as it did with my Dexter. It's not going to be the same journey. But Gosh, the way that they love us and what they bring to our lives, uh, I just would never want to miss out on those opportunities and those special souls that are meant to be in our lives. So I want people to be open to new love and new opportunities when they are ready, of course. Um, And one of the ways that you guys can support people and pet loss, which I got to be a part of last year, and it's right up my alley. I absolutely just think this event is one, so needed, so important. It's a such a healing, caring, supportive environment. Please tell us about the upcoming pet remembrance ceremony. And I cannot encourage people enough to come and see it for themselves or possibly just participate um, by, by making a donation and sponsoring um, a, a name to be read. So please, Shannon, tell us about this wonderful event coming up. Thank you. Yes, we have Pause to Remember, and it is a special ceremony in memory of lost pets. And it is happening Wednesday, December 6th at 6 p.m. And it's uh, taking place at the office of Hospice Slow County. And we're located at 1304 Pacific Street in San Luis Obispo. And during the Pause to Remember ceremony, um, we read the names of departed pets out loud. And it's a really beautiful ceremony that includes poetry, candle lighting, sharing of stories, and just, um, it's just a really time for the community to come together and really honor lo- the, this significant loss that we've experienced in losing these 
special members of our family. And so you can learn more um, at our website at hospicesl.org. And the Pause to Remember ceremony is um, a part of our annual Light Up a Life um, annual offering. And so um, we have ceremonies that go on um, in November and December throughout the county. Um, but this particular one is, is we do uniquely for the pets in our lives. And I love that you do that. And it's such a, it's a special feeling to be surrounded by a group of like-minded people who can sympathize and relate to what you are going through. I know myself, I was able to meet several people. They bring a picture of their dog or cat. Maybe they come every year. Maybe this was their first time. I know we had a pretty packed house last year, so I'm excited to see how many people join us this year. Um, So there's an in-person component and we read the names and it's a beautiful like the just the candlelight glow and the calm sweet healing energy I guarantee you will not regret coming to this and it and if you can't make it and if you don't feel up to it in person you can still participate and the animal's name will still be read and you send the com- commemorative ornament which I think is so sweet I put it on my tree every year um, and so you can do that in honor or memory of somebody which is a great holiday gift for somebody and in addition, they're supporting a great cause like your your organization. So you really can do something great for a loved one. Um, and I really suggest, again, it's December 6th coming up. More information on your website. You can make a small donation, have the animal's name read, get that little sweet ornament and just really be around some awesome pet loving people in the community. So I will be there again. I got to share some words last year and I'm looking forward to doing it again this year. I have had it on my calendar for the whole year. Um, This is just such a sweet event in the community and thank you for offering that to all of our pet lovers in the community. Did we uh, mention anything else we wanna mention guys that I overlooked about the organization or how people can get involved? Do you have a social media page that people can follow? We do, we have an account on Facebook and we're also on Instagram at Hospice Slow County. Um, okay. I think you can find us yeah, that so, okay. way. So website or social media is a great place to get yep. more information and upcoming events, ways people can get involved and support. Well, thank you so much for coming. Tony, anything you want to add? I just thank you so much. It's really a topic that doesn't get talked about enough, and I'm glad to uh, have the chance. Well, I think together uh, we are going to change that, and we hope to work together to provide some ongoing pet loss support groups. Hopefully 2024 may be coming to offer our community another way to heal and support our pet lovers. So I hope to work with you guys again on that. I think Woods and you guys are just a match made in heaven, and we will hopefully be able to offer that in the future. As we wrap up here, I want to thank my guests, Shannon and Tony from Hospice of Slow for joining us. I will see you soon at that Sweet Pet Remembrance Ceremony and thank you for the important work you do in the community for people and pets. I want to end with letting our listeners know that Giving Tuesday is right around the corner and it has become a big big day for nonprofits uh, all over the nation, but especially in our community. Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and so many wonderful, generous community members have made it a day after the retail shopping, after eating all the food, after the Cyber Monday. What else is better than to give back to a worthy cause? So whether it's public radio, whether it's Hospice of Slow, whether it's Woods Humane Society, please consider supporting these organizations. We quite 
honestly cannot do it without your support. So if you can make a donation this holiday season, please find a local charity that you love and support and let us do more good out in that community. This Giving Tuesday Woods has a donation match. So right now your money is matched. So $20 becomes 40, $50 becomes 100. So if you've ever thought about donating, this is a great time to do it. We are also celebrating Senior Pet Month at Woods. So great time to remember those senior pets that are waiting in shelters. Seven and older are fee waived through the entire month of November. So we still have a little bit of time to save some of those senior pets. Um, So thank you so much. We hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We are sure thankful for this caring community. And thank you for listening to Peace, Love and Pets on KCBX. I'm Robin with Woods. And don't forget your new best friend is waiting for you at the shelter.